1: Reset, factory reset, starting in verse number four where we were last week. says, he did this so that the just requirement of the law would be satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature but instead follow the Spirit. Verse number five says, those who are dominated, notice this, where we're at, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit Think about things that please the Spirit. You should notice that. Those who are dominated by the flesh think about sinful things. But those that are dominated by or controlled by the Holy Spirit, they will think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Amen. I mean, you want some life and peace. Amen. We're looking for it. So as, as we're moving further into Romans 8, I want you to note some things that we learned last week. Last week, we focused on the, the key to victorious living. is It's rather uh, or losing the control of the sinful nature in your life and allowing the control of your life to be turned over to the power of the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit coming into your life at that point of salvation, but then allowing Him to fill you afresh and anew with His presence and His power as you're baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit on a regular basis uh, as you practice the presence of God in your life. And what that means is that we allow the Holy Spirit to begin to change who we are. When the Holy Spirit is in control of your life, He will affect what you do. The Holy Spirit will affect what you see, and he will affect to the way that you react to life. The Holy Spirit wants to help you change the way you are. Today's text gives us the first step in figuring out how to allow the Holy Spirit to fill our lives and change who we are. And he says you're going to have to change the way you're thinking. The first step in living out the Spirit-filled life is to have a change in the way you are thinking. Because when you allow the Holy Spirit to fill you with his presence, it will affect every aspect of your life. I'll never forget, as a young boy, I, I went to the altar, I had prayed, I had given my life to Christ, and somebody said, you can be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So I went to the altar, and I, I began to pray, and people were praying with me, and there was an old missionary there, and they were praying with me. And, and, and I was just overwhelmed with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And they began to just say, Oh, he's filled with the presence of God. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And I didn't really know that I felt that much different. But the next day we were headed back to that revival service and, and, and I wanted to get there as soon as possible because I'd had such a powerful experience the night before. So I, my mom was going early and, and so I got in the car with my mom and, And and, and something happened, and and when that happened, uh, my attitude changed, and I I was just, I was upset, and I was just being a spoiled little kid, and I, I looked at my mom, and I said, Well, I'll ride with dad then. And I jumped out of the car. And I'll never forget the moment. I mean, I can still see it. My hand reached for the screen door. Do you remember the old metal screen doors? They didn't have the the levers on. They had the little push button. You know what I'm talking about? I reached for that push button screen door on our house. And as I reached for that, all of a sudden, one of the first times in my life I ever had heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. He spoke to me just as clear. I mean, I can still see my hand going for that door. And he said to me, he said, you stop, you turn around and you go back and you apologize right now. And I didn't know exactly what had happened. All I knew was that something inside of me felt grieve. Something felt uh, that I was sinning and I needed to change the way that I was interacting, the way that I was moving. Because the Holy Spirit said to me, basically, uh, you know, you're not the same person as you were before. You have given your life wholly to me. You have allowed me to feel who you are and I'm going to change you and you're going to begin to act different now. See, the problem is we want to feel God, but we don't want to act any different. We don't want God to, to begin to determine what we say and where we go, and we still want to go where we've always been. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but you see why I got excited in the last service. Amen. It is essential that you begin to seek God for more of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Can I get an amen for that? And in order to change the path that you are on and to break habits and to begin to live by a different standard in a day, we see that you're going to have to change the way you're thinking. I want you to do me a favor for just a moment. Take, take your hand and kind of hold it up for just a second and look at your hand. Look, look at it. Now, that hand is usually the vehicle that sin comes into your life. That's usually the way sin comes here. It's, it's when you reach out and you take the forbidden fruit. Are you with me? You take the forbidden fruit with that hand. You bring that to you. You purchase that item. You reach for that item. You interact with that item. But so many times, sin comes into our lives that way, but sin never originates in your hand. Your hand never initiates anything. Come on now. Amen. You know, it's sort of like when you're dating and you want to hold that girl's hand. I'll I'll never forget on the hold Christina's hand the first time. And and, and I remember where we were when I finally got up the nerve to reach out for her hand. And and my hand just kind of kind of brushed up against hers. And I was going in for the kill and she yanked her hand back so fast. Come on. Amen. Amen. I was like, well, but I was not deterred. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. But, uh, you know, but why? It wasn't an accident that my hand ended up there. You see, your hand, it doesn't respond on its own. It's not a, it doesn't matter how many times you yawn and reach back for that. Come on now, amen. But, but your hand responds from where, from your mind. You see, your, it's simply the tool. And I want you to get this. Sin always begins in our minds. Sin starts in here. So this verse makes it clear that we have to replace thinking that is focused on sinful things with thinking that is focused on spiritual things. So how do we do this? How do we replace that? Well, the reason we think the way we do, the reason that we process life experiences the way we do, is because every word... Every image, the Bible says we're going to give account for every word when we stand before the Lord that we've ever spoken, every everything we've ever uttered. And how how does that come? Well, the reality is it's still inside of us. Everything that you've ever experienced has been engraved on your cerebral cortex. There's an engraving that has happened there. And different stimuli will cause those different engravings to be affected. When different things happen, when you smell something and it reminds you Of of something else, when you taste something and it reminds you of something else, and of those stimuli, there are some that are called those areas of perfection. In other words, that everything else will always be judged by that instance. Okay, you add a level of perfection to that. You add a uh, this is what that's supposed to taste like. That's why that you can sit down at the same meal and some people say, "Whoa, that's too salty." And other people that, that moms cook with a whole block of salt every time will say, we need a little more there. Because why? Because their cerebral cortex has a different standard in place, has a different, a different position in place for what it's supposed to look like. So if what we have experienced to date is what affects the way we think, how are we supposed to change what we think about when we cannot erase those influences, when we cannot change what's happening in our mind? Well, these verses reveal that path for us. It tells us that we've been living by this nature and we need to have a change to this nature. So what we need to have is a change from one operating system to another. We've been operating on the wrong system. We've been operating under the wrong way. Now, Philippians 2 and 5 tells us this. In your life together, think the way that Christ Jesus thought. So if we're to follow the Holy Spirit, we've got to stop thinking the way that we used to think, and to what the King James says is, we've got to put on the mind of Christ. We've got to take our operating system and exchange it for his operating system through the power of the Holy Spirit. How many are thankful that he wants to give us that? Amen. Well, in order to change from one system to the other, what we really have to have is what, what we could call a total factory reset. Now I want to talk to you about a gift from God for us today. It's the, are, are these smartphones. Somebody said they're a curse from God. Come on, Amen. Charlie leaned over to me yesterday. He was wanting to wrestle for a little while. He said, "You've been on your phone long enough." I said, "I have." He said, "Yeah, it's going to fry your brain." Amen. I said, "Your aunt Christina's been telling you watching too much TV is going to fry your brain." Amen. Amen. And so he said, "You need to put that down." But these have—I mean—they're blessings. We can we can check a score. We can we can talk to each other. We can communicate. We can check on our children if we have the right tracking device. We can know how fast they're driving. Glory to God. Amen. I mean, these things have become become blessings. My kids just look at each other, right? Hallelujah, no, amen. But these things have become blessings in our lives. But ever so often, these smartphones end up with a glitch. They end up with with a problem. Now, when my phone gets locked down, this is exactly what I do. Are you ready for this? I say, Michael, where's Michael? Amen. Because normally, Michael can fix it in a quick moment. Normally, he can fix that. But ever so often, it's not something that can be fixed without a reset. There has to be a reset. Now, there's two kinds of resets that you need uh, uh, to understand. The first is a soft reset, a soft reset, and the second is a hard reset or a factory reset. Hard reset and factory reset are the same. And both will try to move you forward, but they go about it in completely different avenues. Now, a soft reset is that reset that when you employ that when there's a problem the phone continues to run and and then and the virus or the glitch that has caused you to no longer function normally uh what you're doing simply is is it erases the cache uh, uh, of things that you've done. It erases the history, and it deals with most viruses, but it allows the suppression of the virus into a part of the phone that is not functioning, really. It, 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 It kind of sidelines the virus, and that allows the phone to continue to operate the same way that it always has. It has the same apps, it has the same pictures, it has the same system in place. And that's a soft reset. It's just a a changing, a rearranging of your life. I want to stop and preach for a moment because I believe that most of us uh, in our Christianity, what we're looking for is not a hard reset, but we're looking for a soft reset. We come to God, and we're wanting God to clear the cache of our history. We're wanting him to deal with those things that are chasing us down. We're wanting him to cause uh, whatever the problem is that's giving the glitches in our lives. We're wanting him to move that to the side of our lives, and we don't really mind if the sin's in our life as long as it doesn't prevent our daily operation. I'm preaching truth now. We want it in our lives. We want God to do something, but we like our life the way it is, and we don't want to lose our pictures. Am I preaching truth? But the problem is the soft reset only blocks or buries the problem. It only moves it to another place. Soft reset Christians are people who see the problem lurking in the darkness and are okay with it as long as their call, excuse me, their prayers seem to go through without a glitch. That's not what God has called us for. Because this kind of reset keeps us in a defensive position instead of changing who you are and causing you to become what God's called you to be. We're constantly just trying not to fail again. And God has called us to victorious living through the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants us to grow, amen. But the hard reset is exactly that. It's hard. It's not an easy thing. It's going to require work. It's going to require something that actually reinitializes you to the core hardware. It will completely reboot your operating system. Let me just say it this way. I don't care if you have done it that way all your life. If it's wrong and it's hurt you and it's hurt others, God can change who you are and give you a new operating system. Amen. You see, what it will do, though, is it will wipe your settings clean. It will wipe your application's clean. You're going to lose some data. You're going to lose some apps. There's going to be some pictures that are going to disappear. Why? Because something's going to begin to change in you. And I didn't mean to preach this here, but, I, but some of you have the wrong picture. You have a picture of what it's supposed to be like to serve God. But when you taste and you see that God is good, that picture of that pain and that suffering and that aloneness begins to be erased. And instead you begin to experience life and peace of the Holy Spirit. And you realize God's been good to me. I don't know why I believed a lie, but now I've got an image of the truth. You see, when that happens and you begin to have that hard reset, something begins to change and the process causes you to lose the changes that life has made to you. And essentially you become a new person or a, a, a new phone. You see, you might still have the same scratches and the same nicks on the outside, but on the inside, you're operating on a new level. God has changed who you are, amen. That's what the Holy Spirit's wanting to do in your life. He's wanting to reboot your operating system so that you are no longer just suppressing who you were, but you are now no longer that person because you are being rebooted to the original design that God created you for. That's what God wants for you to reboot you so that you don't look like generations of failure, but instead you're the first generation of victory so that you can live in it and it can be passed down so the curse can be broken. Because he broke it at Calvary, we just need to claim it. Amen. Amen. I believe this today. Each of the resets has a certain process to initiate the reset. And I want you to get this. You cannot accidentally do the one while trying to do the other. You can't do a soft reset but accidentally do a hard reset. Some of you are going, Pastor, you don't know. I've messed my phone up. Well, they have very unique steps. Each of them. One of them might be... How many of you have ever understood that you've got to push this button three times, push this, hold this at the same time? Hold your mouth this way? Amen. You, you do a certain thing to achieve a certain reset. They require... A completely different path. To spiritually do a soft reset, here's the steps. Now it's gonna seem a little offensive, but that's all right, it's my job. Are you ready? To do a soft reset, here's what you need to do. First, you need to find a church. You need to go in and pray the sinner's prayer, not because you love Jesus, but because you don't want to go to hell. You need to show up church just enough so that you don't feel guilty. You make sure, then, that you keep your faith personal and a private thing. Now, it won't hurt you a little bit to buy a little Christian paraphernalia, a t-shirt, a bumper sticker or two. Because you were performing a soft reset. Because all you want is to suppress the problems, to go feel better about yourselves. But God didn't call you to be a suppressed Sinner, he called you to be a living saint. He called you to walk in victory. He called you to be his child. He called you to overcome those things. Some of you are going, but pastor, you don't know what's got a hold of me. No, you don't know the Jesus that I've come to preach to you. He looked death, hell, and the grave, and he knocked it back, and he walked out in power, and he said the same things you could do also. Amen. And I feel this. So you're going to have to make a decision. Do I just want to be suppressed? Soft reset, or am I willing to allow God to do a hard reset and return me to His His original design for my life? You know, I'll bury a man that passed away this morning, this week, and and I was talking to his family, and I said to him, I I, I said, what most people don't know about him is that uh, he had one of the softest hearts of anybody you'll ever meet, because he allowed the pains of life to make him gruff and tough, because he wanted to hide. The design God had given him. He wanted to hide that because of the pain that came into his life. I'm tired of watching people hiding the design that God has given them. I'm ready to see people begin to walk in what God's called them to walk in. Some of you need to realize something this morning. Some of you just need to shake yourself and say, I can have what God told me I can have. That's what God wants for you. So how do you have a hard reset? Are you ready for this? Step number one, accept the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. Until you confess he is truly, his ways are superior, his lordship, and that he's alive and able to enforce them, you're headed in the wrong direction. It's not time to to, to play games with God. It's time to know him. Second step, you need to invite the Holy Spirit of God to fill your life. You need to say, Lord, I don't know exactly what all that means, but I know this. Your word says that have you received the power of the Holy Spirit since you believe? That's what the apostles said two years later when they went down and began to pray for those. And they said, have you received the power of the Holy Spirit since you believe? God, I want what the word says about a feeling of the Spirit. God, I don't understand it, and I don't want what other men have done, and I don't want anybody else to try to teach me what that is. The Bible says the Spirit of God will lead me into all truth. It's me and you right now, God, and I want everything you have for me. Third and final. You better realize before you start down this path that a factory reset will cause you to engage in the pursuit of God with others and will cause you to want the entire world to know what God has done because you're going to realize, man, you can have it too. Look what he's done for me. Look what he's done. Look how he's changed my life. Look what he's done for me. God wants to change who you are. But in order to do that, you're going to have to make a decision. Do I want to Soft reset, or do I want the Holy Spirit of God to take over my life? Romans chapter 8, verse number 30. Why don't you look in your scripture if you have it open still? Romans chapter 8, verse number 30. It says this. This is what it tells us. This, this is what the Holy Spirit will do to do a factor reset in your life. Verse number 30 says, And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, watch this. He also justified. Those he justified, he glorified. Now watch this. When we live in a soft reset, it's a place where we try to justify ourselves by our actions. All right. This week, I did this. This week, I, God, I I won this week. And I, I, and it's a great week. I didn't do that, that, and that. I mean, you know what your that, that, and that is. Come on, amen. The things that chase you from week to week. You see, that's soft resets cause us to justify ourselves. But when the Holy Spirit of God is in control of our lives, we don't have to justify ourselves. The Bible says that He justified us. And I, I read this this week, and it just really jumped off the page of me. And I was, you know, as you're studying, you're, you're trying to find things about where, where you are, and This just jumped off the page. One writer said it this way. He said, when you've been justified by the Holy Spirit, this is what it means. It means that he has changed you so much that it's just as if I'd never done it. I'm not over here going, well, look what I've done instead of that. Look what I've done instead of that. And I could have been there, but God, I came to your house instead. I'm over here and I'm realizing because of Jesus, I'm new. Because of Jesus, I'm changed. Because of Jesus, it's, it's like I never was that person at all. He's made me new. Some of you are going, but you don't understand my pictures and my, my past. The problem is God's wanting to give you a new system, but you're too busy trying to hold on to the glitches. The way you're going to receive the new system in your life is first, you need to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Would you stand with me today? And not only do you need to trust Him for your future, but you need to interact with the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this. He said, I will go to the Father. I will go to the Father. He will send another, the Comforter, unto you. There's an interaction with God Himself through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how Jesus is working in our lives, through His Spirit. And He's wanting to change who you are. I know this is a simple message this morning, simple truths. But we need God To change us back to the original design. What he's called us to. You've got to accept Jesus. And then you need to be willing to allow the Holy Spirit of God to begin to work in your life. Most of us are like, thank you for my ticket. I'll see you there. But that's not the way it works. It's Lord, thank you for what you've done. Now begin a good work in me. You bow your head. I'm not going to belabor this. Our time is short. But if you're here today, you say, Pastor, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what's happening here. I I know that that God's dealing with me about some sins in my life that I've suppressed, that he's wanting to clean them out. And I'm willing to confess those and be forgiven right now. Let me see your hand if that's you. Hands all over this place. Hands all over this place. Thank you. Put those down. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever had a, a soft reset or if I've ever even had a reset. All I know is that I've never really made Jesus Christ my Lord. I've never really given him everything. And today I want to give him my all. I want to give him everything today. If that's you, you said this is the day. This is the moment. You want to surrender your whole life to Jesus Christ. I want to pray with you. I didn't embarrass any of these others that raised their hand, and I'm not going to embarrass you. But if that's you today, could I see your hand? Would you just hold it up high? Today's the day you want to give your life completely to Jesus Christ. Thank you. I see a little one's hand. Thank you, ma'am. I see that hand. Are there others? Today's your day. God, reset me completely. Change me completely. Thank you, young lady. Thank you. Are there others today? This is your day. This is your time. Maybe you can say, Pastor, I know I prayed that prayer But And I haven't already raised my hand, but I want God to begin a radical new work, and I want to rededicate my life completely. Can I see your hand if that's you? Thank you. Are there others? Quickly, quickly. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Would you join hands with someone near you if there's someone around you? If not, you don't have to reach across, but join hands with someone. We're going to pray a prayer of faith. A faith in Jesus Christ that we believe God caused Him to rise from the dead for us and confess Him as Lord. Let's pray this prayer of faith together. Confessing our sins. and Confessing Jesus Christ. With these several that have responded this morning. Let's pray. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promise. Father, forgive me of my sins. In the name of Jesus. I repent. I don't want to be that person anymore. I become new through Christ. In Jesus' name, I believe that Christ died for me. He arose for me. And from this moment forward, all that I am belongs to Him. In Jesus' name, God is my Father heaven is my home. This matter is settled. Father, I thank you for what you have done. I thank you for what you're going to do. And God, I ask you in Jesus' name that through the power of the Holy Spirit, God, that these that have said their things are repenting of and those that have confessed you for the very first time as Lord, God, I thank you that today you're changing all of our lives for your glory. And I ask you this for everyone who was willing in this room, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Come on, pray that with me. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise this morning. Lives change.